Have you ever heard sunglasses at night in French? No, I haven't. Well, I have a special treat for you. Because <laughs> I recently got hold of a video of somebody singing it in French. It's very exclusive. Oh, yeah. Only like three people have seen it. But it's pretty amazing. But Curry Hart married a French singer. Well, French Canadian singer. Well, maybe she translated it in French as well. But this one is like okay. amazing. So 100%. <laughs> I don't even let, know what let, you're talking about. Let's it. play it. Let's it play is. it. <laughs> That's like pure gold, right? (laughs) Welcome to Drinking and Thinking with Nicole and Julie. And Max. And Max. Come on in, what you talking to chat from politics, the best six side opinions and locks. You got Julie and Nicole, you know they run the show, keeping up with current topics just to keep you in the know. So if you're looking for a place to talk, you hit the right spot. We're popping bottles as we're down and on to food with the pot. So raise your drinks, take a sip while you're tipping your glass. This is Drinking and Thinking. Welcome to the podcast. So, uh, I guess we should start with what we're drinking today, because um, Max requested a special drink, and it's actually really tasty, and it is called a Moscow Mule. It basically is made with ginger beer, uh, lime juice, and vodka, and it's actually really good. So, if you have some ginger beer in hand, you should definitely uh, make yourself one and join us for this podcast. So, today we're going to be talking about bilingualism. And this was a topic that Max chose. Uh, so why don't we start with uh, what should bilingualism, bilingualism in Canada look like? And is mm-hmm. it still necessary? Mm-hmm. So so what are your thoughts? It's just, like, is the bilingualism Canada has right now, is that what you envision bilingualism to be? Um, what are the other options, though? That, that there wouldn't be bila- bilingualism and that it would just be like but either But obviously you cannot or... make one language across the country because there's some regions yeah. where So speaking. let's say let's say so for example at the federal level by li- like you have a right to demand your services and French and in English, right? And yeah. or in English, right? But in BC is that feasible? You know what I mean? Like, is it or necessary? Is it necessary to have like all the way across the Canada? Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, obviously in Quebec, it is absolutely necessary to have access to French services. Same thing in New Brunswick and arguably in Ontario as well. However, the further out of Quebec, the more minority they are, right? And so, at which point do you say this is essential? And at which point do you say I'm gonna cut my losses and concentrate in providing excellent service in one language? The other side of it too is that maybe uh, bilingual. Canada would actually be a country where French and English was taught with equal um, emphasis in the entire country so that people who um, started in kindergarten would be starting with French and with English so that they and, would legitimately come out bilingual. And see, this is this is something like, for me growing up, I thought bilingualism was something very beautiful and something that the whole country should aspire to. However, 
like you said, the resources aren't always there because for you, yeah, like the, the second option that Nicole mm-hmm. mentioned, I don't think we have the resources in Canada to provide exactly. services in both French and English uh, everywhere, e- even like in education. Mm-hmm. While the other option, which would be like, okay, people in BC, they never will have to speak French. We're not offering those services there. It will accentuate the fact that those provinces are not speaking French. But then can we declare ourselves a bilingual country yeah. if we're not offering the services exactly. in French well, well, what would be the other? I don't see, like, we're a bilingual country because we speak two languages. Yeah, but no, not because everyone. we recognize two official languages. Yeah. But the we other option would be to languages. recognize only one? The little that's done in the provinces that don't speak the other languages, mm-hmm. even Quebec, not, in the little that's done to promote English and the little that's done to promote French in other provinces, if we don't have that... It will just kill any French Mm -hmm. in BC for sure. Learning a second language of any kind, regardless if it's French, Spanish, probably Mandarin. I'm going to force my kids to learn Mandarin, probably. And that's the thing. Like Children are sponges, and when better to introduce them a language? And I honestly believe that the fact that I learned French from a young age, like Nicole's always like, you grasp languages so quickly. Mm -hmm. I think it's because like I was trained from a young age to be open to different languages. It's opening the mind to just know that there's a second language out there. Like I, I, I think of my one of my friends from Newfoundland. He's never been exposed to any form of French. So when you move here, it's like it's like if you're ex, if you're moving to another planet, right? You're like, oh wow, mm-hmm. there's a you could I could have like I could have moved like backwards all along. I didn't know I could do that mm-hmm. just as fast. Or like it's like opening the mind to like there's something different out there. Being being. Mm-hmm. Um, being shown like bilingualism when you're young is just showing you okay there's another way of thinking and it's easier to move to third to fourth to fifth language because mm-hmm. like it just uh, your mind's already split up in, in different ways mm-hmm. while if your mind is only one so what about the fact way? that Canada um, relies heavily on immigration and a lot of our immigrants don't speak necessarily speak French or English. Yeah, like in BC, I think Mandarin is spoken way more than Punjab, French. Punjab. Punjab is. Punjab? Both of them, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then Mandarin, and then it's English. Mm-hmm. Or like I when still I- think you, you need to recognize the founding father's languages. My gut is like, yes, I agree. But at the same time, you know... Especially Canada, because it's such it's such a construct, right? Like it's such a social experiment in in a kind of way. Like obviously, multiculturalism is on a very superficial level. However, like maybe let's say fifty, a hundred years down the road, if if like three percent of the population speaks French and like thirty percent of the population speaks Punjab or Mandarin. Is it? Do we really need to like pay lip service to the founding fathers if only three percent? Like, well, that's what pretty about much Aboriginal? Right, no what about indigenous languages? They're technically founding yeah. nation. And does that's anyone true. know how to speak? Oh, say hello in Cree? No. <laughs> that's true. And if a language is meant to die, it will die. But I feel sad that we lose some heritage background. That's because an interesting thing to say. If a language is going to die, it's going to die. So what do you think about the language police? Yeah, well, definitely, like, it's it's French is my language, and I find it's different than the French I've spoken in France mm-hmm. and oh, across the world. <laughs> so I'd be, I'd be very <laughs> sad that if Canada in 100 years, it's only English that's spoken. And I think that if there weren't those police out there, uh, 
it would disappear. And you we, know we need to put that in place. At the same time, like some people are just assholes about it, but I think that's about that's true about everything. And you know what's crazy? Like uh, this seems so out of character for me, but I agree with you 100%. I think it is a positive thing to try and enforce this sense of of la francophonie in Canada kind of thing. So only for the but, French culture? But no, but see, and, and again, this is another thing. Like maybe we should be teaching like like Cree or whatever the, the dialect of your of your area was at the time to just be like, because it is part of that like, different ways of thinking. What are we going to go to preserve See, this is old the thing, school yeah. culture? But I think the infrastructure, like we don't have an infrastructure for true bilingualism, but it's there for French and English better than like, say, all of a sudden introducing Punjab or all of a sudden introducing Plains Cree. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think like we're on the right track. Let's just make something of what we're trying to do, what we're trying to achieve. But I'll, I'll give you a very good example in Canada, where in Quebec we have our microculture. There's some people like in our culture that would walk into a restaurant that everybody in Quebec knows who that person is. They're millionaires. They mm -hmm. can make like good living in terms of like uh, being a celebrity in Quebec. That's they would cross the river and be in Ottawa, and probably no one would, you wouldn't know who that person mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And we have our microculture. We have our own movies. Like I keep hearing English people are saying, like we represent the uh, Qu Quebec movies represent the movie industry in Canada. Yeah, for sure. And and it's not because you don't have talented people over here. It's just because since you speak the same language at the United States, mm -hmm. you're just gonna go in the United States and like. I'd say what seventy five percent of shows on CDV are American TV shows. Oh, yeah. I'd say more. <laughs> uh, movies, the same thing. You got there's a lot of English Canadians all over all over the media, but it's 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 a bigger it's a bigger it's blended. Pool. Yeah, it's, it's like blended. an ocean compared to mm -hmm. Quebec being a little pond. Well, because yeah. we have our own language, we can build that culture on our mm -hmm. own and be able to like have that wonderful thing. I find that we have like our own filmmakers. So what about the suckers the like me who get born in an Anglophone place? I don't get to access or be part of that. Like, and I'm born with the disadvantage of having like a very Anglophone community where our French teachers didn't even speak real French. Like, what does that say about opportunities for the rest of the people? Uh, I feel that in Ottawa, you're very lucky because there's more resources in the city than anywhere else in Canada, probably. I wasn't born in Ottawa, though. No, but you're now here. living in Ottawa. Yes. Which provided resources more than anywhere else mm -hmm. in, in in Canada, probably, except maybe New Brunswick. Uh, so that's Shut one thing. <laughs> that's one thing. And if you get into government, also, they provide more resources than... Although they have cut back. Like, uh, there's yeah. lots of people that I know who have gotten into government on, like, what is it? The lowest is A level or whatever mm -hmm. for certain jobs. And, and actually, like, They've been going in hoping that they'll get French language training and all that, but they're not providing those resources anymore. This raises a really interesting question for me that I always wondered was I because I always hear these ridiculous stories of these people who are like five to ten years shy of retirement. Their job has nothing to do with needing to speak or write or communicate in French on any level. And yet all of a sudden, like part of their day is spent in French training and we're paying for that. Is that necessary? Like I find that ridiculous. Or is it necessary <laughs> that all jobs in the in the public service be bilingual? Mm. Or, They're or not. can you have They're not. Oh okay. I know that was a bit of a like painting with a broad and brush. But most entry level jobs are not. Really? Yeah. 
That's not been my experience, but then again, I'm in communication, so and maybe you have to be bilingual well, for communication. Of course, and mm-hmm. yeah, of course, if you need to deal with the public, yes, those mm-hmm. are, and yeah, there's a lot of entry jobs that are dealing with the public. But if you don't have to deal with public, it's only at EX level that they require that your EX level, like it's like a director position, that they require that you're bilingual in all positions. Still, though, for a comms job, like if you're really good at communicating in one language, it. I'd, should you just be excluded from the job pool because you don't have a bilingual background? And and on top of that, like, wouldn't it be possible? Wouldn't it be better? Because you you mentioned um, when we were talking off off recording that uh, there's like an eight percent unemployment rate in Canada right now. Wouldn't it be better if we created two jobs, a francophone and an anglophone one, for communicating mm. the same thing or but providing it, the services when when requested? It's pretty much the same way that. Uh, government hires, uh, they want to promote uh, a, a visible minority. On an equal level, you're going to take a visible minority, you're going to take a woman, and you're going to take... Um, so they're doing positive di- discrimination, and I feel it's the same way for bilingual. Uh, are we discriminating against bilingual people? <laughs> like, no, so, but so where, where are we you wanna, going with this? We want to be a bilingual country. Well, at least like... In theory, we want to be a bilingual yeah, country. Exactly. Honestly, I and if feel you want to like promote it, Canada does not care for real about his bilingualism yeah. because I feel like we don't. Somebody said that you budget for what you value. And I feel like if we're not budgeting to teach the whole country to be bilingual, it means we don't actually mm-hmm. value that mm-hmm. as a priority. Yeah, like as a. When you work in a bilingual position and you made your test and you're allowed to work in a bilingual position, we, we get an $800 bilingual bonus for it. That makes me so angry. That makes me so but angry. That's, the that's, o- fair. that's the only bonus or any any uh, monetary incentive that hasn't moved since it was in store. It was $800 when it was put in place and it's still $800. So you get $800 more than more a, a unilingual year. person. Yeah. Who has less opportunity to move up in the government yeah. because they're unilingual? They're gonna pay you eight hundred bucks because you're bilingual. Because but not to mention, so whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Who did not provide them with the necessary resources the to become one hundred percent bilingual? Exactly. At the, but at the same time, I self—well, not self-taught—but I. I made the necessary efforts to be bilingual on yeah, my but, own. But I also like, while did. there's some people at work who are sent on French training who are paid. To be bilingual. But not only that, but think about like you clearly had an advantage as well. Like you had you got into an international high school program, A, that was offered in your area, and B, you probably had the money or the resources or the ability to get in. Like I don't know that there was an IB program in um, in there my area. There wasn't one in my area. And like and and that's basically saying that the area you're born in determines your opportunities, mm-hmm. which is the whole reason we have uh, affirmative action mm. is because we recognize that that's a problem. And like well, a it's friend- also the case for Abri- Aboriginals. The, you cannot blame them for being born in Aboriginal reserve. No, but that's what I'm saying. You're like, as a unilingual person, mm-hmm. I am at a, at a disadvantage compared to you as a bilingual person. So you shouldn't be the one getting the fucking benefit. I should be. But I because, still put the efforts to be a bilingual born, person. But so did I. 
I went through school, I went through university, and I still can't get bilingual jobs because I am not, I didn't really become immersed. We have also like Department of Agriculture, for example, where I would have never worked there because I was born in urban area of Montreal and I don't know anything about agriculture. So you can say the same thing that those people. Well, that's not true. Oh yeah, I like for Natural my Resources fr- Canada, and I don't even have any science background. Yeah, because you study in, in communications. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I know some people were from Manitoba. They're economists, and because they're economists in Manitoba, they know much more about know much more about agriculture than I do, and they all work for Agriculture Canada. But what's your point? It's not that you couldn't work for Agriculture mm-hmm. Canada as an economist. Probably not. Yeah. I probably couldn't. Well, you could learn, like you said, you could take the initiative and learn, like, but should you get a bonus? Should 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 the people? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But so Nicole can can make the effort. This is the question: Should the people from Manitoba get an eight hundred dollar bonus every year because (laughs) they were born in fucking Manitoba? (laughs) That's the real question, right? So this is the thing: like, it is it is active discrimination. But it's dirty. No, because the. Because and, a, and, it, a, a and I, I don't get it person. because I'm bilingual. I get it because I'm in a bilingual position. It's the position. If I don't work in a bilingual, get a bilingual position, position, you wouldn't get it. That position is determined to be bilingual because you got to deal with people in both languages. So? So it improves your work because. We're a fucking bilingual country. You should be able to deal with people See, and in both languages. No, but like- Nicole, if every time you write a report. It's all in English, and you need to go through translation, and it costs that way more than eight hundred dollars to to make a translation because you need to send an email to your to your colleague so who although, speaks only French. So, if, if we bilingual- had a translator here, they would argue that even people who are bilingual or even people who think they're bilingual are terrible translators so, and should not be used. Once as again, there's so loopholes in the inverse systems. Let me ask: Do you ever use translation services? No. No, so you you're will supposed write your... to. You're supposed to for official, and uh, while well, I'm not <laughs> that important to do official <laughs> <laughs> official reports, but any any reports that go to the public is supposed to be translated in. But in, when you submit your drafts, do you submit an English draft as well as a French draft? Funnily, like my team is all French, and we usually write it in English first because it's an English. Mo- like it all goes depart depending on the department you work mm-hmm. at. You work at so GAC Global Affairs where I work is mostly uh, Anglo Anglophone first. I used to work at the Public Service Commission, which was mostly French first. Mm-hmm. So whenever and it all depends of your audience also. Like if your boss is English, you're gonna write most of your reports in English, and it, it, it all depends on your audience really. Because hmm. I have to say, in the public service, I'm not really against a manager required bilingual because yeah, they need to manage their che- their team. And I Frank do, phones and anglophones. I do think that the whole idea of being able to provide the information in both, like both recognized languages by our country, is a valuable thing. But I do, I definitely take issue with the bilingual bonus, <laughs> especially when you know, like, and and I do take certain issue with like, okay, well, the government's going to train somebody and pay them to become bilingual. Although I do feel like that is putting money into. Um, what you value, but like, because I, 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 do, I became bilingual with my own efforts and my own money. Mm-hmm. Uh, while some people become bilingual on taxpayers' money because yeah, they're sent true. to training, that's and I, I'd love to be to be. Sent, I I'd love to money? be sent on Spanish classes <laughs> while yeah, I'm I'm true. being paid my salary and learn another language, and 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 on the taxpayers. 
time because you take time out of your day yeah. to do that. Except that if we are a bilingual country and we value that as a country, then we need to invest, quote unquote, taxpayer money into the public system so that everybody has an equal opportunity to become bilingual. And then if it just so happens that they just don't have a brain for bilingualism, well, that, that whatever, that's life, right? Not everybody is going to be the best mechanic every, not everybody's going to have a penchant for math or for languages mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just going to happen. But I mean, at least everybody starts on the same footing. Okay, well, I think that this is a good point to put it out to the listeners. What do you think? Should Is Canada's bilingualism working? Is it, is, is it what you envision for Canada? Like, what about in the things that we talked about for, um, for federal employment and all that? Let us know. And uh, thank you so much for joining us, Max. This Very is a welcome. great conversation. Was great. I was full of energy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, good night. Cheers, come on in. What you top in the chat? From politics, the best six side opinions and locks. You got Julie and Nicole. You know they're on the show, keeping up with current topics just to keep you in the know. So if you're looking for a place to talk, you hit the right spot. We're popping bottles as we're down and on to food the fuck. So raise your drinks, take a sip while you're tipping your glass. This is drinking and thinking. Welcome to the podcast.